Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe Diverge. And I'm Chris Atfield. Gabe, do you have any insight into what it takes to become a New York Times bestseller? Because I see that Matthew McConaughey has a book out and it's called Green Lights. And it says New York Times bestseller. And I just don't think there are many people that are going to buy his book and make him a bestseller. So I, I think there's some type of like thing that I'm not getting here. This is, I, I think it's a lot. This is, uh, I'm not, like, I, this is one of the better like things you sprung on me for a while because this is like a passion point of mine. That <laughs> this is like okay. New York Times bestseller, like, like, seven out of 10 times is absolute BS because there's like 10, much. there's like, like 20, 10 to 20 New York time bestsellers list. It's not the main list. And if you're a top 10 on that list, you're one of them. And then it's like on, on, on books that are going to be have huge printings. If they're just sitting on the shelves, the the companies will buy the books for them. If they're like, we need to buy 10,000 books. So this can be a New York times bestseller. They'll buy those books. They'll slap the sticker on it and they'll send it back. 100%. So it's something you can buy your way. In. Oh, a thousand percent. Okay. They're a thousand percent. The case there's, if you look it up, New York times, bestseller fraud, stuff like that. Like, it's I, I would look it up and explain, but it's 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 pretty it's definitely, you know, there are definitely people that's like the actual like they'll show you the list. Like, here's the actual top selling books, bestsellers list is a difference between a New York Times bestseller list, the main list. And I'm a New York Times bestseller in like, you know, children's nonfiction. <laughs> like, it's like, I feel like, it's, it's like, I feel like <laughs> this could be like a really good premise for a South Park episode. I think that they could do something really well. With I'm, that. I'm sure yeah, someone it, has done this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I'm sure it's been, and it was pretty much exactly what I expected, but I, I just saw that before we recorded. And I'm just like, I, I know where we're at as a society. And I know where America's <laughs> at, but I don't think we're to the point where people are really buying Matthew McConaughey biographies to make the man a bestseller, but you know, who knows? It is what it's been, it is. It's been a while since we've recorded. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot to talk about. You know, we wanted kind of off the top, you know, uh, the, the last time Chris and I were on the mic, we had started the podcast and we received the the unfortunate and tragic news that uh, Kentucky's Terrence Clark had passed away. And uh, we knew we could not, we could not put out an episode. We were, you know, going to, you know, have a normal episode. It didn't feel right. We were sick to our stomach and, and definitely, you know, our, our hearts and our thoughts go out to the folks affected by that. And, you know, that's, it's been really tough to read about that stuff. And I encourage everyone to read. Um, and Kyle Tucker had a really good article from a guy who was a walk on who kind of explained, you know, sort of some of the stuff surrounding that and the and the season in general. And it, I think it put things, and in, in a light and it, it, life is real precious. And, you know, especially when you're dealing with kids, who have got the whole world in front of them. Um, it's especially tough. So we, we wanted to definitely kind of point that out and, uh, Sure. We're is gonna be is gonna be a, a regular show, but wanted to take that because we missed a lot. We missed a derby. <laughs> we missed a post derby controversy. We missed like derby goings on. Um, Carly Jones, I believe, since the last time we recorded, we were gonna mention yeah, that he man. opted out or uh, said he's gonna stay in the NBA draft. Um, 
There's been a Satterfield uh, revival. There's been uh, a Calipari <laughs> magic trick. Uh, Satterfield revival is a great name for a band, man. By the way, let's let's just point that the out. Scott Satterfield revival. I think that's the I think that's the episode name for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we've got a lot to cover on this episode. It's going to be a fun one. We we're going to get back in this groove, guys. Uh, so let, let's hit the intro. From inside the Waterson Expressway. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe Diverge. All right, Chris, we are back. We're, uh, you know, we're, we're in the doldrums of the summer now. And, uh, you know, not, not a, you know, there's not a, a, a game to be talked about. I'd, we can, we can, we could talk about some, some Louisville baseball at some point. If you want to talk about Dan McDonald getting mad about uh, crowd sizes, we could do that, but we're not going to, uh, we got to cover this Kentucky Derby, Chris, cause it was absolutely insane. Um, Medina spirit and Bob Baffert, you know, does it again both literally and figuratively afterwards. Um, we now know that Medina spirit received uh, a, a beta methazone, uh, which yeah, is, you said it right. I, I, I listen, I I've got a, I've got a kid <laughs> who takes medicine sometimes and you learn, there you go. Um, (laughs) so yeah, he was, he was juicing, he was juicing the horse. He's, he denied juicing the horse and then he admitted he juiced the horse. Um, Chris, what, what has been your whole takeaway from this Bob Baffert debacle yet another from the crown prince of horse racing, um, whether we want him to be or not, (laughs) what is, what, what's your takeaway? Where do we got to start? I think it's, I think it's absolute comedy more than anything like it's comedy that people in the horse racing industry are so sad about it it's it's comedy that bob baffert is the one announcing that a he's doing the press conference (laughs) to release the news that that his his horse failed a drug test and b that he is leaving the investigation to figure out how this happened um the, the whole situation is just comedy and i haven't decided yet whether it would be more funny Medina Spirit to win this weekend, or if he just kind of lost and it was really game and, and wasn't able to pass the horse down the stretch. One of those two options, um, they would both be pretty funny. But man, the whole thing to me is just absolute comedy. It's a it's lost a bit of its luster. Um, and I, you know, because of the, the things have slowed down a little bit, but man, like we should put it into perspective that two days ago, Bob Baffert was saying he had no clue how this happened. The next day he, <laughs> he was went saying on Fox somebody, news, Chris, like, let's yeah. like, like, let's it, get it was, this forward it was, absurdity. It, it was it cancel culture. culture. <laughs> there was a horse, a, a, a guy who took some NyQuil, pissed in a stall and his horse <laughs> ate the hay. Um, <laughs> you don't like, <laughs> you just can't make up this stuff. And I, I, I like, I, I think that, the most tangible part that you can latch onto is to me, it's so funny how it's blatantly clear that Bob Baffert is bigger than the sport. 
Yeah. Because that's the way he's treated by the people that cover the sport. And that, that's funny to me. That's exactly the route I was going to take this. To me, this, you know, we always hear horse racing's dying, horse racing's doing things like, oh, they're having night races. That's going to get young people out. They're going to build casinos next to the things. This tells me that horse racing still knows in its heart of heart it's on decline and they don't know how they can get it back because Bob Baffert brings eyeballs to the table. He brings drama through success, through the fact that he's done this triple crown thing twice in the past five years, and they're willing to let him stand on the the jackets uh, along the muddy track and, 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 and rise above everyone a little bit more and get his way. You know, we texted the whole morning, the whole time this or this was really starting out on that Tuesday, the week after the Derby, or I guess just what it was Monday, this Monday, right? And yeah. it feels like it was a week ago. Well, it started Sunday because you had the tweets from Tim Sullivan about there's some rumblings on the backside, which the, the, the Sully thing, the, the, we're, we're going to get there. I'm glad we mentioned that. I got to make we'll sure have to go down that road. And, we get, we got to talk about yeah. our dude, Sully, the, 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 uh, the patron saint of this podcast. Um, the fact that the fact that Bob Baffert was allowed to set his narrative for 36 or more <laughs> I don't hours understand, like that this industry allowed him when he's been, when he's, when he's, when he's gotten in trouble time and time again, you know, it's like, fool me yeah. once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on, you know, shame, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And time and time again, Bob Baffert's been able to get away with it. And, and horse racing was, was is, 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 if you ask me, still very willing to let him get away with it oh, because yeah. they perceive this idea that he's the only person that can bring eyeballs to the races. And I, I, I agree to a point that he is at this point, but I do not think, I think that's the fault of horse racing. And that's, they haven't been able to tell their stories in the right way and and they focused on this this they, they focused on this this part of it that doesn't that isn't what matters. It's not Bob Baffert that matters. It's the dude who doesn't look anything like Bob Baffert that shows up every morning at five a.m. and doesn't wear sunglasses in the middle in the in the middle of a, yeah, of a closed can, space. That's what horse racing s- is. <laughs> you can sell that to an American exactly like an a, a, intrigue, and that's that's a human interest story there, like. I I will point out that to me, something like this happening isn't bad for horse racing. Like it adds interest. No, no, people it, it is because like when it comes to the Derby, like you talk about the Derby the week of, and then you talk about it if there's a legitimate triple crown threat. Mm-hmm. You may talk about it a few days after that, and then the Preakness happens, and the horse either wins or loses, and then you're kind of done talking about it. This this is going to continue on for the next few weeks because it's always going to be in the the news in some respect. Mm-hmm. So I, I I do want to say that I don't think it's the worst thing um, for horse racing, but you know Baffert's been treated with more grace than 
and Tom Juris, Rick Matino, yep. Ramsey, any of those guys. Yeah, like, he he has gotten all the leniency for a guy who's had this happen twenty times. To yeah, him. It's, no, it's it's around thirty actually. That's um, yeah, I said twenty just because I was being conservative. I was one hundred percent if it was thirty, I'd rather shoot low than shoot high, and yeah. it's ridiculous. It's just a fact, and and uh, you know, I, I we were talking a little bit before about this, t- you know, Eric Crawford piece. You know, he had you know the Kentucky Derby deserves better than this butt rash of a mess, referring to the 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 inciting incident that uh, that gave you know a a, a drug to um uh, to to Medina Spirit, and I, I'm right there with him where it's just I don't know, man. The 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 sport has to figure something out, and and they they've they've got to not this is just you're right he's packageable he's marketable he's easy um he's easy to work with i I hated seeing like i like got mad at people are just like oh another louisville another louisville cheater it's like (laughs) people at churchill downs people i have talked to several people who are close with folks who either backside folks or close with folks on churchill downs backside they it, everyone hates Bob Baffert at Churchill Downs. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's like yeah, he's the only guy with with security at his barns, and everyone knows it, and everyone stays away from him because they don't want, they don't want to have to deal with his ass. So it, it's it's so obnoxious to me that the sport behind the scenes they don't want to see to this guy but publicly the pr machine and the media machine and the nbcs they're so willing to shove a mic in his face and let him tell his side of the story and let it be let it be the truth <laughs> until it's yeah and not. i will say, i will say that like that's that's kind of the main intrigue i think you could look across any other you could push across it i'm trying to think of the guys that really like are able to have free run over what gets out and what gets in. You maybe have a guy like Bill Belichick, maybe Jerry Jones, maybe things like that, but he is in that, that level. Like people don't care about it as much because they don't care about horse racing. But I mean, if he wins, that's, that's the intrigue. He always wins regardless. Um, and you know, if this is any other guy, he's he's out of the sport. No, I don't know. That's why I said <laughs> the beginning. It's it's just it's just comedy because it, you know exactly what's going to happen. Like this story's just going to fade away, and we're going to be in the same situation next year. Like I don't know. I, I I don't know what else you could say about it. To me, it's just it's just a bit entertaining. It's it's a great story that the man is just stumbling around. Um, obviously. You know, we had the the tests that are coming back. I think they have another week or two. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that it is like ninety nine point nine percent that they will come back the same way that they they came back originally. Um, and then you know, once that happens, his horse will officially be disqualified from the Derby, which would be the second time that's occurred. Um, and yeah, the sport will move on, and it won't be this sad hour horse racing. It'll just be funny. That's the way I feel about it. <laughs> it's so weird, and it's—I uh, don't know, man. What 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 does what does horse racing do? You know, I you know, I think you're a bigger horse racing guy than me. I, I love horse racing. I love going to track, but I think you've you've been embedded in it more. What's what what is what does horse racing do? I, I'm asking you to like solve the viewership question or like what, what's what's the answer? What how do how do they avoid being this kind of laughing stock in the future? I feel like it's a really tough question to ask. What does horse racing do? Because all sports are suffering right. from 
that same question. Um, so if, if the national football league is, is suffering from <laughs> something like that, then it's tough to answer for that, that question. For I just think- anything, but I mean, it's just like trying new things. Like, I don't understand why there's not music and I, I don't really want to go down the rabbit hole of how do we save horse racing. Right. Um, but there's like little things like, I don't understand why there's not concerts and shows like at Derby. Like there is at the Belmont, like there is at Preakness. We were just talking about that before we, right. we, we went on. That's one little bitty thing. Um, I I think you could make the Oaks a nice a night race and kind of make that an actual party atmosphere the night before Derby. Um, there's just a bunch of little stuff. It's like the same conversation you have with any sports. How do we attract the millennials? Um, yeah. And, yeah. It, it, it all kind of, I don't know. That conversation kind of bores me because it, it circles around the same. No, I think so. I just, I think my, I think the reason why I asked that is I, I'm trying to like set it up. It's just like, I think I just, it's, it's like what I said. It's like, yeah, like horse racing is the sport of Kings. It's like, you know, you've got the guys up in millionaires road, the jockey suites and the mansion and they're mm-hmm. balling, but those aren't the folks that make it run. And I, I just, I don't know, man. Like I feel like everyone loves an underdog story and yeah, those underdogs got to win. But I, I think, you know, focusing on that, telling those stories. I, I there like, was some way you could, if there was some way you could incorporate the jockeys yes. a little bit more than they are incorporated. I think there is some way you could sell that in those stories. I, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the guys who work in the stalls and, oh, and yeah. the people no, behind but the scenes. Even the jockeys too, like even the come up for the jockeys, man, like that's like, that's like painstaking yeah. work, hardworking careers to get, for, you know, to get to, to where the highest level where the, where the John Velasquez is the, the I read or D like, it's just not, it takes, it takes forever. It takes a lot of work. I, I compare everything in sports now in terms of like viewership and people caring and storytelling to formula one, because over the course yeah. of three months, I have grown so familiar and cared so much about the sport that I literally could not have cared about at the end of 2020. And it's just because they did a kick-ass Netflix show and they cared about telling the stories in a way that was interesting to people. And formula one is literally growing on ESPN 150% viewership. And I'm extremely a late bloomer bloomer because I've went in and out with a relationship with this sport, but I've fallen in love with, with soccer all over again yes. and fallen in love with the EPL. And that's because of like the, the shifting amongst like that, the, you know, there's, there's one thing going on, but there's another, there's another championship that could be one here. There's another championship that could be one here and there's teams getting relegated. There's all these things happening. So it's, it's finding layers of intrigue. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I don't even really know. I'm, I'm putting it into words poorly. No, um, I think you're saying. But, I just, I just think, I think in general, I, I know we don't, we don't want to do like how to save. The, and I, I don't have a money, I don't have a, a track answer. But I think it, in it's terms something of, I'm passionate about. It's just like it's the same story every. No, year. I know, like, but I, I, I think what I think what our point is here is that in terms of not even necessarily wanting to save horse racing, but 
make it so that these the the make it so that the stories that matter to people aren't about the dudes who are the shitty dudes it's about the dudes that that matter and like and, nope. and like are the ones doing the dirty work because like listen like you've seen bob baffert shoes that guy ain't there <laughs> that guy mm-hmm. ain't there early like i saw someone joke that he's not going to be at the preakness this weekend and he's not going to be doing the instructions and someone was like oh so the regular the regular shift the actual guy that does the work is he the said one he didn't want to be a distraction <laughs> he said he didn't want to be a distraction and i'm like bro who are you being a distraction to the oh. horse um and no i get what you're saying it is a good point because over the last like three or four years the the fuck the kentucky derby sentiment amongst mobile locusts has been real real yeah and, and legitimate people, let's be clear legitimate yeah. <laughs> it does have some legitimacy, but people do say that. And I feel like they say that very broadly. They yeah. forget about the entire like families that have built their lifestyles working at Churchill Downs and working for the Kentucky Derby. And that those people matter too. Right. Um, so just saying, you know, fuck you guys um, is, is a thing too. Um, but that, that sentiment has grown like major immensely. <laughs> Over the last four years, and you know, even Breonna before Taylor some of the, e- e- yeah, I was about to say, even Breonna before Taylor. some of those, 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 no, you know, no justice, no derby, folks, and and yeah. a completely understand that. Um, so I, I, I'm right there with you, and I don't know, maybe that's a, I don't know what else we can say about Bafford. I just, um, hilarious story, you know, just like, uh, I, 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 like I hope. I it, mean, the viewership is going to be up on the preakness. Like, like, let's, so, like we're talking about viewership. They're gonna, they're gonna get some viewers. <laughs> so on Friday, those pre, those pre, uh, preakness tests come back. They come back about Friday evening. If one of his horses fails one of those tests, like say it's he has two horses in the preakness. Say it's concert tour and Medina Spirit comes back crystal clear. Like that is just, I I need that. That's exact. That exact scenario is what I need yep. to happen. I need concert tour to be disqualified from the preakness. I need Medina Spirit to pass the drug test and then to go out and win the race. That would be perfect. It, it would be uh, it selfishly. Would be, I want to see a triple crown winner when I'm at the Belmont. So it would yeah. be something. It would be yeah. absolutely something. Uh, we just got to shout out the homie. Uh, not really the homie, but <laughs> the guy, Tim Sullivan, um, who got his yeah. CNN debut, who was on <laughs> and just talked for like five minutes and didn't like answer questions. Um Oh, just it was brilliant. I, I just no, it was a great moment. <laughs> what a what a year for Tim Sullivan. He uh you know couldn't he, he really struggled to unmute himself throughout the basketball season. He got COVID, beat COVID, and and then hit hit CNN. And and I'm sure the, the, vaccinated. <laughs> the Louisville media softball team lost 19 to 1 and they caught it in the third inning. Let's so. <laughs> Let's not call it the Louisville media. It's just the ESPN Louisville softball team. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it was the entire Louisville media or not. Okay. I'm getting these updates sporadically. So I didn't even know, but yeah, I um, think 19 so good job guys. Yeah. Good, good job to them. All like three of them that <laughs> listen to this podcast. So shout out to those dudes. Um, <laughs> uh, other Derby stories, Chris, there were two other big ones. One funny one, um, one serious that we want to get to. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, we we promised the people fifteen hundred words on the Aaron Rodgers 
uh, dalliances, the the photo, which I now need to pull up. Uh, yeah, I need affair. to pull up I need to refresh my memory. Um, what what you know? Just the fact that this happened with the background. You know, we're not NFL podcast. We're not going to sit here and tell. tell is, does Aaron Rodgers want his GM to be fired? Like, I'm not going to do that to you. Um, but I. I found it that that was, it was just the highlight of the weekend, the Aaron Rodgers, um, the Aaron Rodgers hanging out, uh, you know, he looks like Doss high school. <laughs> that's, that's was my major like take. He away. looks like Doss high school. Yeah. That's, that was the first thing I thought of. I, I think going through each, <laughs> each of those individuals in that photo, <laughs> and predicting what high school they would have went to in Louisville would be a really good exercise for this podcast. I've like got that. we've got the picture full up, Chris. I, I want to point out a, a few things that I would have mentioned. Is that AJ Hawk right there? That's AJ Hawk. Uh, that's okay. next to him is David Bakhtiari, his left tackle. I always respect that the 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 quarterback does take care of the left tackle. Just like that's your <laughs> it's your it's always your right hand man. He's always he's on your left always. Um, I, I want to point out that Aaron Rodgers is wearing his bowler hat. He's got his hand. He's got the hover hand going. I want to point that out. Um, also that woman's to, head does not look normal. <laughs> I want to I point out the that. David Bakhtiari's date, like either has the longest neck, like <laughs> she's someone looked up. She's a model. Like, yeah, she, yeah, she looks like a model. Um, I want to <laughs> point out, but, but the real key I want to point out and what really made me think that this 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 confirmed to me 100% that Aaron Rodgers is not going to play for the Packers 100%. I may or may not have sprinkled some on uh the Houston Texans because Randall Cobb is there and mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles cuz the the god Miles Teller on the right and it just confirmed to me uh that he's not he's not coming back. He's not coming back to Green Bay. Um and I, I, I just think it's hilarious that he got this squad. I just, I, I, I would, I would pay so much money to know uh, how many illicit substances they had on the way to Derby. No, I mean, if you, if, you look at this, if you look at this photo and you say, I went to Churchill Downs during a pandemic, I went to the Kentucky Derby during a pandemic. This is a photo that you would come up with. Like this, this, this is what that looks like. Um, I mean, let's be a hundo. How many key bumps they taken in that in that limo, bro? Dude, <laughs> everyone looks great. They were, they you. were. <laughs> um, the, Did they all hand out sunglasses to each other as well? Like that's also a thing. Uh, also a thing. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Um, that AJ Hawk also had his hand up. Another <laughs> another part there. Um, another of course, Shailene Woodley. Um, it, I want. I didn't. You know, Shailene Woodley. I, I'm always. I'm. I'm very surprised. You know, she. She's a. Uh, you know, she got arrested protesting a, a a pipeline, protesting the the Keystone pipeline. I didn't see her as uh, a, a. You know, as we're pink to Derby gal. Shout out. You know, everyone's got multiple shades in their lives. Um, <laughs> I'm impressed by how many people you can name in this photo, to be honest with you. I may or may not have gone to, like, there are 12 people in this picture. I think I've gone to, like, 
10 of their Instagram feeds just to okay. just identify them, understand who they are. I don't remember much anymore. I was a little tipsy, uh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it did lose a little bit of its luster. Now I wish we could have talked about it. Earlier. We should I, just, have, <laughs> I, I had so many strong, more strong opinions then than I do now, but my know, strong but opinion yeah. is that I this, this picture convinced me that Aaron Rodgers is not playing another game for the Green Bay Packers. And my strong opinion me. is that Aaron Rodgers would have went to Dallas high school. <laughs> I don't know where you got to Doss High School. I don't know enough folks from Doss to to, to get. I know two people from Doss High School, and he looks like one of them. So that's where I got to take. If if okay, so these other guys, if are there any people else that you could identify what high schools they went to, and why are the two girls in the middle? Why did they go to Sacred Heart? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't really have any strong feels on any of the other dudes, Um, and really. No one else. I mean, AJ Hawk is the one that stands out, but I can't really place it. AJ Hawk went to mail. I want to say if, if he if he's that a little guy, he that... went to mail. Miles Teller yeah. went to Ballard. A hundred percent. You he's have a Ballard guy. He's a Ballard guy. He played baseball or maybe lacrosse. Okay. Um, David yeah. Bakhtiari strikes me. I don't know that one. I don't know. Maybe an Eastern, maybe an Eastern. Eastern was the first thing that I thought of, but it still doesn't really hit. Maybe a J town. Maybe, maybe Odom. Maybe Oldham County, maybe South Oldham. (laughs) I like that. I don't know who this bald guy is. Um, And Randall Cobb uh, got a full scholarship to Trinity to to play. (laughs) That's why I want to get dressed the Randall Cobb. I actually knew that. Yeah. Randall, he's not from Kentucky, but he went to Kentucky, right? He's not. He played at U. He played at UK. Yeah, but I don't think um, he's from Kentucky. I think he's from. No, he's not. I think he's from Georgia for some reason. I don't know. Either way, shout out to that picture. Um, that was that was a highlight. Shout out to the <laughs> fact that everyone was joking about Tom Brady being a uh, looking like the the villain from the Roger Rabbit movie. He really which, does come to the Derby every year, doesn't he? I will say the the first time I had like real respect for Tom Brady. Um, I went to I went to Oaks and uh, we snuck in we, we snuck into someone we knew's box that was in front of the turf club and Aaron Rodgers wearing a suit <clears throat> like a gray suit. He had short hair back then. He didn't look weird. But Tom Brady wore an all black suit and all not all black suit, an all black sweatsuit with a fitted cap with his logo, his Tom Brady logo on it. And the man was using the machine and just like a stack like just a stack and it was hundreds, no doubt. And just like feeding it into the betting machine, just feeding the stack of hundreds. And it's one, it's easily the most baller thing I've ever seen in real person. You can't lose if you bet them all. (laughs) Easily the most baller thing I've ever seen in person. Not even a question. I was like, damn. All right, he's got swag. He's not just this puny kid from from Michigan. He's he's got some swag, and yeah. uh, it hurt. It hurt a little bit. Um, I'll break news right now. Uh, as as we had expected, Ty Ty Washington has committed to Kentucky. Five seven point guard. Fire takes about Ty Ty Washington. By the way, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, okay. Real, real just, quick, just want to make sure we do. 
we'll, we'll, I appreciate you mentioning that because we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. I'm pretty um, sure that that whole situation had been wrapped up for a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. We, so. we, it, I think we both heard kind of similar things. Um, and we want to talk, you know, we're, we're recording this on, on Wednesday night uh, around 9 PM. That's why we have the Tai Tai news. Um, the, the Jack Harlow situation on, on Oaks night where he was involved, unfortunately with in a shooting at, uh, at a nightclub here in town, his, his DJ Ronnie Luciano, I think is his name. Yeah. Uh, is, is, uh, was arrested for shooting a, a young woman at this club in a really, really messed up situation. And it sounds like it's, it's, that was the the result of other actions uh, that Luciano was involved in that may or may not have also been uh, a murder. And, you know, Jack Harlow, this happens Thursday night or this happens Friday night. He's supposed to do the riders up Saturday on Derby. He, he phones it in. Understandably, he lays low up until literally two hours ago. Um, I don't know, Chris, I don't know. There's not, I, I, it, I think for me, it's just kind of, it's, it's always, it's, you know, I think we've all had those moments that like, Hey, there's someone that I'm hanging out with that I trust that I'm friends with, um, that you kind of realize pretty quick, Oh crap, this person is not someone I should be spending that much time around and kind of watching the tape and watching the video that TMZ posted that it kind of felt like Jack had that moment. Like, and we saw him like, Oh no, like this is not, I don't know. Cause I, I'm, I, no, I mean, a, you're, you're in that same vein of the way I'm thinking. Um, I've had a few people message me and ask me about my opinion on the situation. And really, this is the only time that I want to talk about it. So I'll mention it now. Um, I, I want to say that, that first off, don't get sidetracked from the fact that somebody lost their life right. here. Um, right. That's extremely sad. And, you know, obviously condolences to, to her and her family. Um, because that's a, that's a bad situation. I would feel very differently about this situation. If Jack Harlow was rapping about the things that lead to this lifestyle, but that has never been something that, that Jack has done, um, in his music. So it's not like this guy was, you know, saying these things and, and doing these things. And then when the moment happens, like, like just separating himself from all that. Right. Um, so I, I think this is truly just a situation where my guy was caught up in a, in a bad spot. Um, and, you know, kind of like you said, um, realized rather quickly that it's not a place he should be. Um, and yeah, he made a statement today, um, kind of run of the mill, giving condolences, um, hadn't spoke for, like going on two weeks, I guess, since the Derby, um, this was the first time he spoke and yeah, I mean, that's really all I want to say about it. I, I think it's, like I said, I would be a lot different if Jack Harlow was making music that sounded like some other type of hip hop. Right. Um, but that's not the things that's, that's never been something he's done. The things that he talks about in his music is the way he lives his life. Um, you know, whether you like the guy or not, I have found it very interesting that for whatever reason, there are some people on the internet that seem to be taking some level of joy in this. Um, and Weird. that to me is just, uh, just people, very people sad, up, dude, just, I, I, there's a, there's yeah, a person, I, there's a family. It's just like, I, I, I noticed that and even not even, not, not even locally, just like nationally yeah. folks who, 
no matter what you what you do, you're always going to have those type of people. And I'll 100%. never really understand. And being a public figure, you know, like it's it, it is. I, I'm glad you said. That. I think I think the one thing I, I you know. I, I I wish he I wish he had spoken out earlier. I I think I have a feeling, yeah. given in terms of what how he put his statement, the fact that he mentioned off the top that he's been in touch with the victim's family. I feel like maybe he wanted to 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 you know put the you know work on that bridge before working on the public bridge. And mm-hmm. I think there's something admirable about that. And you know, words are fine. And he mentions he wants to help the city and he's, uh, you know, he participated extensively, you know, you know, sig- uh, I think in a very public and significant way during the protests last summer. And I thought that was a great moment for him. And it really, I think it meant a lot to a lot of people. Um, but, you know, this, unfortunately, you know, is a tough situation. And I definitely just, yeah, I, and I, I hope we'll see. I hope he, I, I think he will continue to care. Obviously he cares about the city, but it's the actions that matter. And I, I think he'll do that. I just, I want to see that. Cause I think, you know, there's definitely a lot of opportunities for growth and, you know, you and I have talked, you know, off the podcast about this being a turning point, there being opportunities. And I, I hope, I hope to see him be a part of that solution. And I think he will be, and I think he can, yeah, I and think he wants to be, which is most important. We won't, we won't spend much more time on it, but knowing him, not well, but <laughs> sort of knowing the dude, um, I will tell you that, you know, some people have brought up to me, um, just in general conversation, some legitimate things, issues that they have with the guy in his music. But I do think that there are, there's a willingness there to, to mend that gap, um, and do things in the community. Um, and like you said, I, I, I think that is admirable. Um, and I, I hope the man continues to be a steward for the community because I think the role he is in is very unique. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think it can be extremely beneficial. So yep, that's definitely. all we really have to say. I think that's that, all we should, we should say. And as, as you said on the top, you know, definitely any, any, all, all sympathy and all, you know, to the, to the family, the victim, cause that's just, you know, that that's, that's a part, you know, just like it, it feels like in some ways, um, it's forgotten. <laughs> it's forgotten. Definitely. Because yeah, that's all I see is Harlow's name associated and not with the family. And he obviously wants to put attention or that, that her name wouldn't have been up, up close and up front. So I think another, another thing to care about. Uh, but I think we should, we should definitely move on. I think that's all the Derby hubbub Derby fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to going to Derby next year. I will hundred percent try to be there. You think there's going to be an influx on like Louisville people that are going to want to go to the, like the Derby now that they haven't really been able to get out. Yeah, man. You just made me think of that. Like maybe there is like going to be like this influx of people going to the Oaks or because it's never, I think like for the last like nine to 10 years, it's probably decreased, decreased, decreased of locals I, going I, to the Derby. I would maybe love next it. Year's you, different. you mentioned Oaks at night, dude, like they'll never happen because the too much of the derby apparatus is the oaks night galas but dude if they did oaks at night it would be so fire it would be it'd be yeah. it'd be incredible put it at like 8 30 p.m so it would be so freaking good i would love that do it at 8 30 then the the people can leave they can be at their party by 10 o'clock it'd be fun. they could be at the party already and just <laughs> that's what i'm saying the oaks. like come on man no nah, like, man the the barnstable brown family will not allow that to happen ever i i understand totally why it would happen i wouldn't even suggest having a derby then but a, a, a or even a thurby 
night. Like you need night racing the week of the day. You need night racing the weekend. They do that opening night the weekend before, and it's cool. But man, prime time, prime time on yeah. Friday. Sheesh, sheesh. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, the Yankees are up one zero in a in a, a game that's in the eighth inning. I, I don't think I've ever had them in such a small scoring game that late but yeah, yeah they said uh, i think i saw a picture of, of chapman getting ready again yeah. um let's talk about the other things that have happened which you know specifically roster wise with louisville basketball and we wanted to have two kind of small conversations about chris mack's louisville basketball program first we wanted to talk about chris mack comparing to Scott Satterfield's offseason, Chris. You said you told me you had a take. I want to hear it because it's been a little, it's interesting. The media, how these guys have treated this guy, I agree with you. It's interesting. And I want to know what you think. I mean, it's it's that straightforward. <laughs> um, you know, like people don't like Chris Mack. Yep. Like there is a good portion of people that don't like Chris Mack. And I don't, you know, I, I've heard from some people that maybe it's within the program. And then I've talked to some other people and they say that that's ridiculous. And then I've heard from some people that it's, you know, he doesn't do enough media. And then I've heard from some people, you know, it's not that. So I, I, I don't think there's any way I can put a reasoning on to why this is the case, but I can tell you that people like Scott Satterfield, they don't like Chris Mack as a big blanket statement. Um, and to me, that's funny because Chris Mack has done some things wrong. Um, the The way the Dino situation and the the Luke Mary situation happened was unfortunate. Not ideal. Not 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 uh, not a hundred percent kosher, if you ask me. I think I think in fairness to Chris Mack, he is thinking that you know. Um, if, if the news comes out May 1st, that Luke Murray is taking the Yukon job and then Dino is stepping down to, you know, go live his life or do whatever the hell he wants to do. The situation is viewed a lot differently than if it's KSR breaking the news <laughs> and, you know, saying that Louisville's in turmoil. So I think it's reasonable. For Chris Mack to, yeah. I, I think it's reasonable for Chris Mack to say, you know what? Fuck the media. I'm not going to talk to them until I'm ready to talk to them because these things happen. I get that. I don't agree with it, but I get it. Um, but for some reason, they've decided to, you know, defend the guy who has handled virtually every public, like any any type of any type of situation where his back's been against the wall in the public eye. He hasn't really handled it well in, in Scott Satterfield. And that's the guy that, that people have, have liked. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what's happening. Maybe Chris Matt needs to take people to Keeneland. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I don't get it either, Chris. I don't, I don't get it either. And listen, the, the Scott Satterfield, uh, the Scott Satterfield redemption arc is it, it is fully begun he has begun his his trek he said he's building a house in louisville he said his son's coming to uville he's committed to the city i don't buy it 
I don't want to buy it. <laughs> I don't trust him. I would take Lake Lake every weekend, Chris Mack. Oh, you know, his corny, his corny Chris kid, a uh, kid rockness over the dude who lied to our face several times. What I'm, what I'm having trouble separating it with is how much is it that, you know, people don't like the guy or they're just holding basketball to a different expectation, which it should be. It should be. But uh, I, I don't know, like, obviously you know, missing the NCAA tournament last season under any circumstances, not acceptable for Lowell basketball happens again this year. I will absolutely be infuriated. I will do what anything you say, any take you want to have about Chris Mack is on the table at that point. Like you, you just don't do that. But what's happened with these guys. They both had a very good first year. Chris Mack made the tournament, you know, you lose to Minnesota, you don't like it, but you get it because you made the NCAA tournament with a, you know, a fringe tournament team. Scott Satterfield goes and wins, what do you win? Seven, eight games, eight games. I think yeah. it was eight games. Yeah. And so they both have these really, you know, huge seasons that, and everything's gravy. People love them. People, it, it's great. Um, Chris Mack has a COVID year. Um, they, they aren't able to play in the NCAA tournament. Um, Scott Satterfield has a COVID year, um, and you know, it looks really, really bad at times. Let me ask um, you a question. People- was, was, was Scott Satterfield or Chris Mack more exposed over the last year? I mean, were their skills were, were, would you put, which one would you put more on fraud watch? to me it's no question that it's scott satterfield because you just don't (laughs) you just don't know like i mean we're gonna get we've we've got to burn some of this this summer podcasting out with some other topics but we'll have (laughs) you know our our football show um where, where we you know we kind of put everything out there on the table but like I, I I want it for a really long time for Scott Satterfield to to make me excited about something, and I will give him credit for for going on with Mark Ennis and talking about you know I, I think the defense is going to be a top twenty five defense. Like I I, I don't yeah. believe that, but you can sell that. Like it, it, the defense has improved every year since you've been here. Brian Brown seems like a bright, pretty good coach. They improved last year. Blah 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 blah. That's great. Like and I do like that, but it, I don't know, man. Like. When you're asking me who had to put on fraud watch, I'm still like, it, it's, and it's not even a question, but you know, both of these guys for the first time ever are facing real scrutiny in their coaching career. And it's happening at the same time. Like that's super unique. Um, and it's super interesting. Here, here's the part of the the conversation where I say the reason why people are mad about Chris Mack not being more public or not doing media is because you could set a microphone in front of Rick Pitino's mouth and he'd give you three weeks of content. I think they want content. Yeah. And, and everyone wants content. We want content. We, we, you know, we, we're going to, we're going to have this, as you said, we're going to have this discussion probably several times. Everyone wants content, but Chris Mack is not Rick Pitino. He's not Rick Pitino. And that's okay. That's all right. And I, 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 you know, I've said it a hundred times. He's not going to, you know, it's not the same. And 
No, it's funny. It's, you know, here it would be great to have Chris Mack come in and say Matt Cross is the best shooter in college basketball that didn't right. play a game, right? Or something like that. Something sure. something hilarious that we would love that. We would eat it up. You could do an hour of radio on it. That's fun. You could do 20 minutes in a podcast about it. That'd be fun. But he's just not that guy. I would love, I want, I think he is there 100% going to do, I would be floored if he doesn't come out and talk once he finalizes both of these. And, and, and that's what I was going to say. You know, they they hired an assistant coach and he doesn't speak. That's a, that's a totally different situation. But like this, this prevailing narrative that the guy's got to speak like right now yes. to me just doesn't make a lot of situation because there's, there's no, there's no context context put into like how this whole thing evolved. Like the, the guys, it was leaked that they were fired by right. KSR. The contracts didn't expire until May 1st. So he couldn't really hire anybody. He was only able to officially promote Fennel because he wasn't really saying publicly that, guys had separated from the university and then i think last week they put up the job posting um the job posting has got to stay up for seven days because it's a public university and then they can make the hire so within the next two weeks what's it may 12th may 12th i mean i would i would say even next week (laughs) you could have that situation wrapping up and you know, seventeen well, let's be days. Clear, like we're we're not we're not. I mean, we're not. You're not paying us to be subscription people. We're not Jody Demling or, or no, no, Greer, not But at all. our our inclination is that yeah, you're going to know sooner than later. That's our yeah, and, inclination. And the names so that have gone around. So when you look at it from that perspective, like <laughs> you wrapping. <laughs> when you look at it from that perspective, wrapping up you know, two assistant coach hires in 17 days. Is it, there's nothing like insane about that. No, that seems, that seems insane. I don't know. That seems cool. It seems like a lot of work and it seems like something that you don't want to come public with until it's finished. I don't know, man. Like it's, yeah, no, it, sure. I, 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 I want to know what Chris Mack thinks about this roster and what, you know, I want to get some inclination with him. I think, you know, I think I have a little more leniency with him given this given this season, given the fact that those dudes were flat exhausted. He didn't want it. They didn't want to do the NIT. Of course, yeah. it's it's only been it's only been five weeks since the national title game. So it's been it's been six weeks since they found out they weren't going to be in the NCAA tournament. The dude, let the, the dude took vacation that he came back and he did his stuff. He had his press conference then. You know, it, I'm not. Uh, it, it is what it is. It's I, I, I'm I'm not. I, I I get why people are frustrated. I'm just not there yet, and I don't understand. And I am not buying anything that Scott Satterfield is selling about this uh, about him being committed to this program. And it's just sure he could be here for five years. I don't know if I want him to be here for five years. <laughs> I just don't. I don't. I'm not convinced with anything. I don't know, man. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, we're we're gonna have to find other topics to branch off. Uh, from <laughs> we Scott's will. We have plans. Other, we other have than plans. saying, you we know, have ideas. It's the Louisville football season, <laughs> and that Scott Satterfield needs to show us. And if he shows us, and they go out and win, you know, seven games, and they win eight games, then okay, we can move forward and you know do whatever we want to do. Can we but, move forward, Chris? Yeah. I don't know. But well, to begin with, neither one of us believe that's gonna happen. Like, I am totally set on mobile football going five and seven next year, which probably means by the beginning of the season, I may be able to get the six and six <laughs> because you always kind of add a win in there at some point. Um, but six and six, what does that mean to me? It doesn't mean shit. Like people want to, and that's, that's another thing that's got on my nerves is like, you know, they're like year three, Scott Satterfield can go six and six and you know, it's, it's okay. That's fine. But like, people have came to Louisville in year three and consistently won eight, nine games. And that was like the standard, but now it's, it's whatever. So that's, that's a whole other thing. Ah oh, man, it, it, we'll have plenty to talk about. I'm not, I, I, we're not, I was about to say something like, I don't know. I think right now they're going to lose to UCF. That's uh, this, uh, it pissed me off. No, I agree. Um, let's talk about John Calipari, our good buddy, John Calipari, who's now celebrating a win. We've got TJ Beisner who I like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not tossing shade, but he's got a, a, a Photoshop picture of Calipari's face on the shrugging dude from the last dance documentary. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, folks. Like, yes, John Calipari is the nondescript fourth uh, fourth um, security guard of college basketball. Sure. Like, what, what does that mean, folks? Um, he's done it again, Chris. John Calipari has no, done it really again. Has. He has hoodwinked BBN. They are all the way in again, Chris. The 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 he has brought the <laughs> the wool over the eyes, done the magic trick. He brought back Orlando Actigua and whoever this other guy is, whose name I'm not gonna learn until November of this year. Um, Nobody knows his first name. It's um, Coach Chan, but no one knows his first Coach name. Coach Chan, so he brought that guy in. Um, he brought in uh, Ty Ty Washington. I don't know who else is going to be on this. Ro- you're about to tell me who Hardy, right? The guy named Hardy's on this roster. Is that correct? No, he's not on the roster yet. He potentially <laughs> could be. So let's let's not say that. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um they had they they added some dudes i guess is is what we so right now on the roster is 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 ty ty washington you have osher shibwe um kellen grady oh, kellen grady um, is something about and my fault. then frederick and right now that's that's it they may get severe willer from georgia who pretty much him and Jarrett west are to me identical type of players um and yeah i think that's all they're they're missing uh they're waiting on davion mintz to make a decision um i guess they're technically waiting on Isaiah Isaiah jackson to make a decision but um, you know he's most likely gone um we'll see what happens with keon brooks but yeah they they've added kellen grady oscar sheway they did that during the season um and then yeah they just added tata washington and cj frederick so yeah that's where we're at what what do you think what does that roster look like to you what do you how do you feel about this rot this kentucky roster and how would you compare it to the louisville roster that's being built i think ellis is a better basketball player than tata washington 
I think Tata Washington is a step slow and relies on his jump shot too much. If you really want me to get very basketball technical, it's not very <laughs> basketball technical, but it actually show that I watch a little bit of film. Um, that's like my take on the situation. A lot of people are going to love Ty Ty Washington, but I think that when you look at the end of the season, that him and L Ellis are going to have very similar stats um and then the other like comparison naturally is Noah Locke and CJ Frederick because they're very similar players um I'd probably say that CJ Frederick is slightly better um just because like his game a little bit more but you know I I don't think like I think Kellen Grady the yep. kid they got from Davidson is yeah. a baller yeah I think he's part of really loves good. loves Kellen Grady I was about to note that um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where he's still a dude coming from Davidson. So you'll see how it translates. Um, but I, you know, I think he's really good. If you dude, add, like, it, go ahead. No, just the dude like put up like 20, 20, 20, like for three straight seasons yeah. in college basketball. It's insane. Um, so I, I think the dude's really good, but the other, like the, the Ty Ty Washington, what they're going to be all freaking out about today. Um, he's a fine basketball player, but it, it's not like John Wall to me or anything like that. So if you had Ty Ty Washington's Kentucky team on Bardovic, uh, it moves them from 18th in the Pythagorean ranking to 14th. That's, that's uh, probably a, one, a fine ranking. A, a 1.3 point increase in adjusted offensive efficiently and a 0.2 um, increase in defensive efficiency. I'm sorry, a point to decrease in defensive positions. I guess just because freshmen, um, they assume there's there's uh, a drop off there. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I don't have a ton to say about individual UK guys. I just wanted to note, excuse me. I just wanted to note that he that 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 Cal's done it again. Cal's absolutely done it again. He's pulled the wool over the eyes and. You know, I'm sure I'm I'm sure the basketball media is next. I'm sure they're gonna love this Ty Ty Washington edition. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Kentucky will be in the updated CBS way too early, top 25, top seven, top ten, um, any day now. I'm sure that's gonna happen. And I we'll used see. to I used to I used to scoff a lot at the you know, unfairness to Louisville basketball, or like, and it, but lately, dude, I've been coming around because the off season that Kentucky and Louisville have had have been nearly identical. Yep. They have, they have both, you know, changed their staff. They both brought in two assistant coaches. Um, they both lost a recruit because of one of those assistant coaches leaving Louisville lost two. Kentucky lost one and Nolan Hickman. Um, and there was one other thing. I mean, just the type of players they brought in, like CJ Frederick and, and Noah Locke are sharpshooters. That's kind of who they are. Yep. They're not guys that are going to like create off the dribble. They're sharpshooters. Um, if Kentucky brings in Seville Willer from Georgia, who has been heavily rumored to come to come to there, um, him and Jarrett West are very similar. Um, I just told you about Al Ellis and, and Ty Ty Washington. I think they're very similar. So, it's been really interesting to me that they have both like had super, super similar off seasons, um, but they have been talked about in much different lights. Um, it, it makes me buy into like the whole, like, you know, people do treat Louisville a little differently around here. 
I, I don't think you're <laughs> wrong. I, I, I think part of that is, is the Chris Mack factor. Is yeah. They're a little less willing to give Chris Mack the benefit that they're willing to give John Cal Perry. John Cal Perry is great at, you know, another thing, another, another, you know, you know, Chris Mack isn't Rick Pitino. He's not John Cal Perry either. He's not going to come out and, and wisp you a, a beautiful tapestry of BS and make it seem like, Oh my guys, you know, they're young guys, but they're good guys. They're everything, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. And, um, He's not going to do yeah, that. I think it's going to hurt him, and he's not going to be a top 25 way too early team when I think he is very much a, a, around a top 20 team right now. Um, and, and that's my expectation. I, my expectation is still, you know, I, I think not having Carly Jones, obviously a big blow to this team, but I think that's the difference between a top 10 team and a top 20, 25 team. And yeah, I think the, uh, the authenticity of Chris Madden does hurt him a lot sometimes. But I've always like appreciated that when when you like listen to the guys' press conferences, I've always been able to get a little bit out of them because the guy does say what he thinks. I mean, you know, I thought when he had the the posts, you know, not making the NCAA tournament press conference, it started out really rocky. <laughs> but once he kind of got talking and got a little comfortable, you got a lot of stuff from that. You yeah. got that he he understood that things need to change. You you got that you know. They didn't play up tempo because you didn't have guard depth. Um, so, like, you got stuff like that, but I, I think you're spot on there. But, I think at you, times that like, goes, being so blunt, yeah, does does hurt things. But it goes back to the conversation we just had about Scott Satterfield. Both of these coaches had off seasons had had they they look very vulnerable. They've been questioned. They're facing real adversity for their programs in the next twelve months. And one went out and changed a bunch of shit, and one didn't. And, and then, but, but but the other one, and I think this is where me and you fall. When one talks, you feel like you're getting the real person. Yes. When Scott Satterfield talks, I feel like it's a bunch of shit. Like I don't feel like it's him at all. No, I I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I mean, Scott Satterfield, he has you know he, he has the he has Nick Saban's agent. He has the you know he has the number one agent. He has all of this. It's it, he's he is he's in this to be a top 10 top five coach. And I, I'm not saying you can't be that in Louisville. I just think that's not what his vision and what big college football's vision of this job is. Like to me, it's even like (laughs) with the football program to me, it's even like, bro, if you want to like come here for four years and then, you know, you leave the, the school better than when you found it. I'm fine, dude. Like leave. Like I, I'm but not going to enjoy don't lie it like along when, the way, but just don't lie along the way. Yeah. When, when Charlie bounced, I was sad, but like, I got it. Mm-hmm. Like Charlie came here and killed it. You know, you know, he, he had success, had consistency with Vince Bedford was here for three or four years, had consistency with the staff. Um, it, you know, it sucked, but I got it. So if you just want to bounce and you want to use Louisville as a stepping stone, I, I don't enjoy it, but I understand I think it's, it's just the, the way that shit, said, like, I think it's just the way that's everything did. else. It's just the way that said did it to me that, that just, it's, it's, you know, it's, it, Charlie strong said, I'm not cut like that. And then like South Carolina sucks ass dude. <laughs> like South Carolina, <laughs> like, like they're absolute trash. Like, okay, you want to, you want to lose to Kentucky in a different way. You want to lose to like, okay, sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you're just, it's a lateral move. Like at best. 
<laughs> like you I have bet. more, you have more expectations and more competition and sure the stadium's bigger and the tailgates might be a little more fun, a little more crazy, but everything else is not as good. And geez, no. Louise, man, like it's just, it, it was, I, God, I, I don't understand it. And, you know, I think, I think, you know, to bring it back to, to Mac, it's just like, you're right. It's it, Mac. Mac doesn't, he doesn't do the things that like endear himself to everything. And I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I respect the dude for like, I loved Rick. I loved the the show. I loved everything about that. Definitely. But there is, there is something endearing for me for Chris Mack that when the man talks, that's who you're talking to. Is Chris Mack. It's the same guy that you're talking to when he does whatever else he does in his life. And that's cool. Um, did want to mention that the whole roster situation has been wild. Like I talked to, to, to Gabe before we started recording, uh, you know, I said that a week ago, people were saying that, you know, Mobile was happy with the roster. If they, if they didn't get anybody else, that was cool. Now I think there are some more rumblings that they may be targeting some other people. I will go ahead and say that Remy Martin has been a guy that's thrown out there. I have no idea at this point how serious that is, but there have been (laughs) two people that have mentioned that, you know, he is a guy to watch. Um, If Louisville does go after him, I would be static about that because I think the dude's a baller. Um, But yeah, I don't know. He'd be really fun. I think, I think he would be sort of that fourth playmaker we've been looking at and it'd be hard for me to keep him off the starting, the starting (laughs) starting lineup. And I think that might be an issue. Um, I definitely don't, I don't know. I just don't see him getting a big, and we said this so many times it's there's just not enough there's not any dude that's worth having on this roster is like is staying where they are there's there's only like four actual centers in the transfer market and they're just not gonna they're not very they're not gonna be there so yeah they're they're not very good you know (laughs) they're not gonna be no and i think i think i think max commitment to you know if he doesn't go and get a big get a big that tells you that either he has faith in Malik Williams being healthy or, you know, playing JJ trainer at the five, or maybe it's even Roosevelt Weller, but to, to kind of take that risk in such a big, like pivotal year says to me that the faith he has in those guys is probably fairly, fairly legitimate. Um, because obviously, you know, this is a very significant year for the dude. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and and we'll talk about it all summer. There's going to be a ton of stuff, but yeah, definitely keep an eye out. Um, I will be updating the transfer Excel spreadsheet here soon. Once we have a little more confirmation publicly about some of these names, uh, we'll I'll definitely add add Remy Martin. Uh, but uh, you know, there's been a couple of rumblings kind of behind the scenes, and I think we'll see sure. uh, we'll we'll see where that's at. Um, yeah, Chris, I don't know. Any, anything else we want to cover? We've, we've talked about a lot. We, we had a lot to talk about and I think we, we, we hit a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it was almost overwhelming how much we had to talk about. Um, Lakers took care of business last night against the I, Lakers, which is I, always no nice. comment, no comment on that. <laughs> Absolutely none. Um, I just oh, want to say man. RJ Barrett was a ghost. Like just didn't he 
stayed at the hotel, just didn't show up. Was afraid. <laughs> I will of say that the whole like LeBron playing, not playing situation to me right now is incredibly entertaining and frustrating <laughs> because the guy said after that he wasn't playing against the Knicks that he was going to play against the Rockets tonight. And I'm like, dude nothing about playing against the worst team in the NBA while you're potentially still injured <laughs> makes sense. You're not playing. So why are you even saying a, that? A team, a team that literally has no reason to play. Literally, there's yeah. literally nothing for them to do. Um, I did want to say, speaking of Kentucky stuff, if Emmanuel quickly plays 12 <laughs> minutes, they win that game. Like, it's just like, he's hurt. Uh, the Knicks, the Knicks are really uh, like, it's almost like you shouldn't play guys 40, like 30, eight minutes a game and um tom thibodeau baby i'm thibodeau baby live and die i'm i very worried about playing the hawks i i i really wanted a a home um a home series it's not gonna happen and i'm getting scared getting getting scared about it chris getting scared i feel you dude i'm i'm getting very scared about the lakers potentially playing the insane steph curry I do just call him in the same man and, a, and yep. a potential nothing about me wants that opportunity. It would be um, really I'm so excited about the the playing series. I've never the first I'd never tune into the first week of the playoffs just because there's none of the games are good ever. Like, I'm rooting like the four for the five Knicks. Or, I, I am rooting for the Knicks to make the playoffs because I would like to I don't know, venture down there and try to make a playoff game. I don't know if my wife will even allow that to happen, but that would be good amazing. luck getting tickets. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Seriously. Good luck getting tickets. You pay, apparently, it's, it's, it's really hard just to get tickets yeah, in general. It's um, probably it's pretty only 10%. impossible, but I can I can still dream about it um, <laughs> and see if it happens. The, the, but, the play is to show up in a in a in a tuxedo or a suit, yeah. like a black suit and a white shirt and a black tie. And thing is, though, I have the I have the, the I have the Celtics. I have the Nets, and I have the Knicks, so I have three opportunities. I have to strike out three times. You could probably, like, you could probably get Nets tickets. There's no Nets fans. You're probably getting yeah. Nets tickets. Yeah, especially first round. Year. Especially first round. I guarantee you get for your first round Nets tickets. Not, not a, not a doubt in my mind. Actually, I bet you you will. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it, Chris. I think we'll leave it there. Um, shout out to everyone. Uh, you know, we, we've been talking, you know, there's, it's going to be interesting summer around here. I'm, I'm having a, a child in like a month, <laughs> in a month and a half. Um, so, but we have actually talked about specifically some Louisville related stuff we want to talk about. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll ponder on that a little more, but I, I think, you know, there's definitely some interesting stuff happening and there's a mayoral election. Um, and we don't necessarily, I don't know. We're not, we're not going to try and I don't think we want to try and interview anyone that's running, but I want to have conversations with folks about what they're looking for, what they're interested in, what they want this next chapter of this city to be about, man. Like that's, that's, that's what I think we're interested in. So I think we're going to focus on that pretty much all summer is like (laughs) the, the next five years for the city of Louisville are probably the most interesting definitely in my lifetime so. and if you've got feedback on that if you've got things that you want to see let us know you, know, sure, you, you yeah, guys follow absolutely. us on twitter you guys follow us on instagram hit us up let us know what you want to hear uh we're just we're trying to get weird with it this summer because I, I think we're gonna get to, there's not a, i don't i have a feeling it's just gonna be about expectations with these sports i can't teams. T- i can't talk about scott satterfield and, i can't and i can't talk about scott satterfield. for three months i, did, can't, I can't do it do kids it. can't do it kids uh so please um <laughs> we'll talk about the we'll talk about the little bats chris talk about yeah. the little bats 
Yeah, uh, we'll talk about the River Bats about my Louisville. rant the other day. My yeah, squad we'll racing that. Louisville about to start up on Saturday. Real regular season. <laughs> Shout out. Um, okay, we'll do that. Uh, thanks, guys, and thank you, Chris. And we will talk to you next time. Take care. Mm-hmm.